That's a love for us. We understand <laughs> our failings. And a lot of us beat ourselves up for them all the time. And in the middle of that, you are so gracious, so kind, so forgiving, so loving. And you don't ever ask us to clean ourselves up before we come to you. You just say, come. And the reason is because you're the one who cleans up our lives. You're the one who gives us the strength and the, the ability to break those addictions and to let go of those things that tie us and, and leave us in bondage. So thank you so much. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the power that comes when we yield our lives to yours. Now, Father, in the next few moments as we open the word of God once again, it's my prayer, it's my heart's desire that your spirit would be free to touch our hearts and encourage our spirits and give us the strength that we need to face this day and the week that's before us. So would you speak? Would you use your word as you've promised to be a light, to be salt, to reach down into the dark recesses of our hearts and to change us? Would you make us more like your son? In your name we pray, amen. Thanks, you can have a seat. We're glad that you're here this morning. And uh, you saw some, uh, <clears throat> some hidden talent this morning uh, at the very beginning with that uh, music video. I, I didn't even know that we had the ability to make music videos like that. And uh, I, maybe we ought to keep that a secret. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm still weighing that out. Uh, there's some skills there that Pastor Mike has that I just... Wow, um, that's all I can say about that. Uh, it would be good to see a few more of those from him, actually, in the, in the near future. So, but thank you guys for that. That was actually a lot of fun. Thanks for putting that together. We are at the end. Uh, it's, it's a, Mike and I were just talking about it. It's amazing to us, uh, maybe not to you, but to us, um, that we're at the end of this little book of, of uh, Philippians. Um, so many truths in this book. One of the books that uh, in my life I've read a lot of times and I go back to it often. And uh, I love, there's so many passages and phrases in this book that just grab my heart. And I find myself often uh, when I'm driving or when I'm working, I, I uh, find myself often reciting certain ones of them. Um, because they're just great reminders to my heart and to my spirit. And what we're going to look at this morning, again, is one of those passages. It's one of those phrases um, that just grabs your heart. And uh, the Lord uses it to just speak and remind you of who he is and what he has for you and what he is willing to provide for you. The title this morning that goes with our citizens of heaven, the fact that we're citizens of heaven, is Trust God for everything. <clears throat> and it's easy for us to put that phrase and, and say, yeah, trust God for everything. But often, if you're really honest with your own heart and your own spirit and your own mind, you'll realize that you say trust God for everything, 
but often you're working awful hard to make things happen on your own. Often you'll say, I trust God for every scenario that I face, everything that's going on in my life. But then when you watch what you're doing and you watch how your heart is reacting and how your mind is reacting, you'll find that you're becoming anxious about things because you're trying to control them. You find that you're in a spot where your relationships may be going a little bit sideways and and instead of trusting God to bring those to the place where they need to be, you're trying to force people to do things that you would rather that they did and instead of letting God's spirit do that in their heart. And often maybe in your financial scenario or or at, at your work or wherever it might be, you'll find yourself at times saying, I trust God with every scenario that I face, but yet you're saying things and doing things and acting in ways that you're saying, God, I, I, I trust you over here. I trust you with the salvation piece, but I'll work this one out. I'll do this. And I can talk that way to you because that's my heart too. That's my spirit. As a lot of you know, we've been working on a building, trying to have a, a, a building of our own. And we thought a year ago, right now, we were, we were dumping dirt a year ago. We were filling in a hole, getting ready to put a foundation in and getting ready to go. And God put the brakes on that. In a, in a number of different ways. COVID was part of that, but there's a number of different ways that that happened. And we're still waiting for certain things, certain parts of that to fall into place. And you guys have given generously and, and that's awesome. And that money's waiting and, um, and, and we're ready when God says yes, when he gives us the green light for that. But for my own spirit, you may not know this about me, but um, I like to be in motion. I don't sit still very well. I like to build. I don't like to talk about doing something. I like to have my hands in it. I like to have my hands dirty. And God, for me, has kept saying, Tim, do you trust me with this? And every step of the way when I say yes, he leads into something else. And I realize, wow, if I'd have been ahead of that, this wouldn't have happened this way. If I would have been ahead of that, God wouldn't have had the the ability, well, he has the ability, but he he wouldn't have been able to use me to do whatever it is. And all the way through this past year, I've watched God do that over and over and over again. And I'll have times in my spirit and in my heart where I get up in the morning or I'll wake up, sometimes I wake up at two in the morning and and I'll, uh, I'll just be laying there and I'll be thinking about what God's doing. I'm like, God, I know you've got this and I know I need to trust you with this. And I'm going to yield my spirit to your spirit because I trust you and I trust you with everything. And I remind myself again, God, I trust you with everything. Are you at that point this morning? Has your heart been anxious? Has your mind been anxious? Have you been carrying a lot of stuff yourself and saying, I've got this, God? (laughs) You don't. You don't. I can trust God with everything. And so this morning, Paul's going to remind us about that. But as citizens of heaven, we've been told, and we looked at this last last week, that as citizens of heaven, we are to be content in Christ. And that whole thing of trusting God until we come to the place where we're content in the person of Jesus Christ, it's really hard to trust him. 
until I become content in who he is and what he's doing and his character as a whole, it's really hard to put all my trust there. As content believers in Jesus Christ, as citizens of heaven, we're to be generous in our very natures because that is the nature of Christ himself. And if Christ lives in us, then our nature should reflect the nature of Christ. And for me to be content in the nature of Christ means that I am a reflection of the very nature of Christ and his nature is one of generosity. And we talked a little bit about that. Remember that generosity is the antidote for anxiety and discontentment. And when I allow my spirit to be controlled by those things that frighten me or those things that, that, that want to really eat me up and I become anxious, then I close off my generous spirit and I begin to look. Remember last week we said we begin to look inside myself and my eyes are down. And when the spirit of God has a hold of my heart and I'm content in Jesus Christ, then my head lifts up and I look around and God gives me a generous spirit to care for those who are around me. And that generosity that comes from Christ himself changes my anxiety and my discontentment into a spirit of contentment with Jesus Christ. Wow, what a place to be. And remember last week we said that Paul's secret, unlike the secrets that hide, unlike the secrets that keep us in bondage, unlike the secrets that we, we don't want anybody to know, we don't want them to see into our hearts or minds, this secret that Paul's saying is a, is a secret for all people at all times. It's not an insider's secret, secret, it's an outsider's. It's one that we blast from the mountaintops. And that's this, I can do all things, say it with me, through Christ who gives me strength. And Paul says the secret to all of my life, the secret to me being able to be the person that I need to be is the person of Christ himself and the fact that Christ is living in me and him in me allows me to do all things, everything that I face. And remember last week we said it's not just the big stuff. We always want to say that. It's all things. It's everything that I face, I can do through Christ who gives me the strength. Now, we could end there, and that's where we ended last week. But even though I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, if we stop right there, we miss a truth that he's teaching in this passage because the rest of this passage kind of broadens that thought out and it tells us this. In North America, it doesn't say this about North America. I want to just stay with me for a second. In North America, we have been taught that the best way to live life is as an individual by yourself. You can do it. Whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. By the way, that's a lie. There's a lot of stuff I would like to do, I cannot do. But we have been taught that we are individuals. You can make it on your own. You can do it. You can have it your way, right? Everything is about us and we can live life. We don't need anyone else. That is not biblical. That is not what scripture tells us. If you pay 
very close attention to the New Testament. The New Testament says this. It says that we need one another. Actually, there are 40-ish. There are, it depends on how you, how you slice it in the New Testament and, and how detailed you want to be. But there are around 40 one another's that are mentioned in the New Testament. And those one another's are things like love one another, care for one another, bury one another's, bear one another's burdens, pray for one another, teach one another, spur one another on to good works, serve one another. There are all kinds of one another's in the New Testament. And those one another's teach us something about our spiritual life. And even though I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, and that truth is 100% right on, 100% true. Scripture tells me this, that I need other believers in my life to help me live out my life for Christ in an appropriate manner. And the reason that I need them is because I don't see everything all the time. I miss stuff. I don't, I'm not able to see the needs of all the people around me. I'm not able to see even my own shortcomings often. Often, I need another believer to speak into my life to say, Hey, Tim, have you ever thought about this area of your life? You need to be encouraged to strengthen your life in this area in your walk with Jesus Christ. I need another brother or sister in Christ to come alongside me and show me the love of Jesus Christ through their life. And let me experience that as they live out the love of Christ. I need to serve others and others need to serve me. And when we do that together, the body as a whole is knit together. That's what scripture tells us. It's knit and joined together so that it can do more than one person could do on their own. And so Paul in this passage is going to say, he says, I can do all things that I need to do through Jesus Christ. And at the same time, I need the body of Jesus Christ. We need to serve together. Having a group of people who support me and help me and that I am on mission with is, is a massive help. It's a massive blessing to the body. It's an encouragement to do things with others. It is an encouragement to be on mission with others. Anybody here experience that? You ever been on mission with other people? You ever done a job by yourself and then halfway through the job, you had two or three people show up and begin to help you with that job? You're encouraged in your spirit like, whoa, I'm actually going to make it. We're going to get through this. Where by yourself, you feel like I can't make it. I can't do this. That's what Paul's going to talk about. Let me read it to you. Let me read it to you in these verses. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 14. He says it this way. Still... You did well by partnering with me in my hardship. If you have a pen, you may want to underline, if you write in your Bibles, partnering there. And you, you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me, you might want to mark that, in a matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts. You might want to make note of that. For my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. 
But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied. You might want to mark that. Having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, you might want to mark that. A fragrant offering. An acceptable sacrifice. Pleasing to God. Paul was not on this journey alone. Let me say it again. Paul was not on this journey alone. Believer in Jesus Christ, put your name in there. Tim is not on this journey alone. Put your name, say it with me. Tim, ready? You ready for this? You guys are all looking at me like, what? This is called participation. Okay, you ready for this? Ready? One, two, three. Put your name in. One, two, three. Tim is not on this journey alone. One more time. Other theaters, pay, pay attention. For you too, ready? Tim is not on this journey alone. That's what this passage is talking about. You are not on this journey alone. I am not on this journey alone. Paul says, look, I can do all things that God asked me to do through Christ who gives me strength. And then he jumps right into this next thought and he says, look, thank you for partnering with me in the middle of all this. Yeah, I have the strength and I have everything that I need through Jesus Christ. But doing this together, it's what God has taught. It's what Christ taught about the body. Christ is the head of the body. But every member, everyone who comes to know Jesus Christ is a member of that body. And that body is knit and joined together. And when they all do their work, the body survives in a way that it can't survive any other way. And it produces things that it can't do by itself. And so Paul goes into this and he says, man, I am so thankful for you. Thanks for partnering, being partners with me. Now there are two types of partners. There's a silent partner and that's somebody who gives their money just looking for a return. That's a silent partner. They give money to something that they think will succeed. They allow you to use that money. And then when that succeeds, they want the payback. They want their money back usually plus some interest. And then there's a working partner, and that person is someone who says, look, I'm not just going to give you some money in that. I'm going to give you my skills and my effort, and I'm going to work beside you, and I'm going to put sweat equity into this, and we're going to get something out of this together because we're working together. And that's the partnership that Paul's talking about. These people were working for the gospel of Jesus Christ the same way Paul was. And, and they're going to put money into this as well. But they're not just sitting at home earning money and throwing the money to Paul. They're living out their faith every day in the church in Philippi at the same time. And he says, these people came along and they partnered with me in the gospel. And then he says this, and then they shared in my needs. They shared the load with me. They understood the depth of the need. And they came alongside and said, what is it that Paul could need in the middle of doing this? What is it that we need in the middle? Because it's going to be the same. And let me come along. Let me feel the load that he's carrying. And let me help him with that load. And that's what these people did. Then it says this, they sent gifts, and that's a financial gift that they gave him. 
And they didn't just do it one time. It wasn't just saying, oh man, Paul's working hard. It would be cool to give him a gift right now. No, they, it says this, they, several times they sent him gifts to meet the needs that he had. They came alongside him and then they provided for him. They provided what he needed. And it says at the end of that, it says that you didn't just provide a little bit of what he needed. It says, and I am fully supplied. I have all that I need. And if you look at Paul's heart in this, Paul's not standing up in front of him and say, look, I have all these needed. You have to meet it. That's not what he did. He said, look, I'm on mission. I'm going to do this. And it doesn't matter what anybody else does because I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. But if you use your gifts and I use mine, wow. And that's what these people did. And they served God and they served the body in such a way that if you read throughout the rest of the New Testament, you'll find this, that the churches grew and the body and the church continued to expand under great persecution. But because the body worked together, the act, this act of service to Paul and their obedience of, to God did not just help Paul out, but the verse tells us this, that it increased their account before God. When we are generous, when we give what God has entrusted to us, when we use our giftedness for the glory of God, yes, one person can, can be lifted up and encouraged, but, but the Bible tells us this, that our very account before God. You know you have a bank account before God? I don't know if that's what it looks like exactly. But it says that it is added to our account. And that's what Paul says. He says, your generosity and your willingness to be part of the ministry and to partner with us, it was added to your account. Wow. You know what I think of when I think about that? We often think of people who are up front when we think of that. We think of people who may speak in front of thousands or they have large ministries. And my mind doesn't really go there. When I think about this, I think of the person who's behind the scenes and who quietly serves others and nobody knows it. I think of the person who quietly prays and lifts people up. I think of the person who sees a need and doesn't tell anybody, just maybe it's a couple who see a need and they just quietly go about making sure that needs met. And God says, your willingness to be obedient, it's added to your account. Because I see. I see what you're doing. And Paul's reminding this group of believers that the heart of God is moved by their obedience. You say, how do you know that, Tim? Well, I know that because he says this at the end of it. He says, they became a fragrant offering and an acceptable sacrifice before God. It's not just an act that happened. It says this, that God saw what they did. He watched the motive of their heart and it was a sweet smelling offering to God. And God said, I'm so pleased with your obedience. That can be us. That can be us. 
When we use our giftedness, when we are obedient to the leading of God, when we put feet to our belief, God is glorified. Let me rephrase this this morning. Let me say it this way. Let me make it something that, that is today, that is our church. Here it is. I was sitting in my office and I was thinking about you folks. And I was thinking about how Paul wrote this to this little group of believers in Philippi. And I was thinking, what would I say to you this morning? Thank you, Mossbrook Church, for partnering with us in ministry. From the early days of this church until, until now, you have not stopped being generous. You have shared in service by using your gifts. This is evident in your care for this community, by helping others, offering to serve food, leading small groups, serving children and teens, cleaning up and setting up, leading worship, running videos and sound. You have been generous in your regular giving, giving for Holly, giving for Brazil, giving to Ukraine, giving for Christmas boxes, food bags, giving to Rooted, to FEC Ministries, to camp. And because of you, the ministries, the expression of Christ's church has been generously provided for. You are a fragrant offering, a beautiful sacrifice that brings glory to God. That's what Paul is saying to us. That's what I'm saying to you. Your willingness and generous spirit has allowed others to be introduced to the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. Thank you. If you remember back in Philippians, earlier in the book of Philippians, Paul said it this way, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. Mike and I do that often. We give thanks to our God because of your generous spirit and your willingness to serve God. And it's not just a few people. It's the body of whole as a whole. And when the body uses it, her gifts, then God's kingdom is expanded and God's name is glorified. And that's what Paul is saying. Wow. To be part of that. We are. We are. We get to. It wasn't something that happened thousands of years ago. It's happening today. It's happening here. It's happening now. And we get to be part. If that doesn't excite you, I think you need to get it back up out of your sleep. You got problems. Paul continues to encourage this group of people. And I want to do the same for you. And here it is. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Here's his encouragement. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God. Paul says this. Look, I know I'm in a bad place. But you know what? My God has me. 
My God promises to give me the strength to make it through whatever he's got for me. My God has given me a body of believers who are there with me, who will provide, who will help me, who will be an encouragement to me. And I can give you this truth. I can help you out by understanding this, that that same God who I've experienced all this with, who who has taken me through beatings and stonings and shipwrecks and who has provided food for me when I had none, he's given me people to come alongside and lift me up and help me out as partners in the gospel. That same God, the one who's provided for me, he will do the same for you. He'll do it for you too. My God, the one who, who, who has been there for me in everything that I've faced, my God will supply all your needs. And where you helped me and gave me a gift in your poverty, <laughs> my God will supply in his incredible riches. Think of this. You gave your little bit and, and it was awesome that you did and it helped me out tremendously. But my God, My God will supply all your needs from his incredible riches in Christ Jesus. There's nothing he can't supply. It's his promise. As citizens of heaven, you don't just have a little bit. Because as citizens of heaven, your king and your Lord, your master, is the king of the universe the God of the universe who has all things under his hand and his control. And he will supply everything that you need. When he says that, everything that you need, my God will supply all of your needs. Again, our brains trick us. And we often think big. God will supply the big stuff that I need. No, that's not what it says. It says, my God will supply all you need. You got a broken heart here this morning? The anxiety of your mind this morning? The conversation that you're dreading to have this morning? The hurt that you've experienced last week from someone at work or someone in your own family? The financial need that looks way too big for you to get across and there's no way you can figure that out on your own. The addiction that's grabbed your heart and your soul and your mind and you can't break it. My God will supply all of your needs. Whatever that thing that I didn't mention that's in your mind and you say, yeah, but Tim, what about this one? My God will supply all your needs. He's not shocked or surprised by the need that you have. He'll supply. That's his promise. What an encouragement to us today. The God that I serve, the God that I know and love, has the power and the ability to meet every need that I could ever have. Hudson Taylor said it this way, when God's work is done in God's way for God's glory, it will not lack for God's supply. He'll always provide what is needed. You can take it to the bank. It's a guarantee. Paul ends with a greeting to all the believers and a greeting from all the believers. Remember, it's a team. It's a group of people working together. And he ends that way. And this morning, I want to wrap up 
And I want you to listen to Paul's heart one more time. I want you to listen to a snapshot of the book of Philippians from the beginning to the end that show the heart of Paul and the love of Paul for the church and for the people of God and for Christ himself and his willingness to be used by God to do God's work in God's way. His very heart, knowing that he's a citizen of heaven, he belongs to the master. And the master has a hold of him and the master will do right by him, through him, for the good of his people. I want you to listen as you hear the heart of Paul. And after you hear the heart of Paul, there's a group of people that are going to come out. The band's going to come and they're going to do a special for you. I'd ask you just to, to remain seated so you can see everything, so everybody can see. But it's going to paint the picture of Paul's heart for the church and what Christ had done for him as a citizen of heaven. Watch. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel and it is my eager expectation and hope that Christ will be honored in my body. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and suffering for the sake of Christ. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, my beloved, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless in this crooked and twisted generation. Shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. For we worship and glory in Christ Jesus, putting no confidence in the flesh. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Keep practicing all you have learned and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ.
weary traveler Beat down from the storms that you have weathered There's like this road just might go on forever Carry on You don't belong here This isn't home Your citizenship Your citizenship Is with Christ In heaven And it's hard walking this earth. It's hard living the truth. But everything you need is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And all of the things that we've talked about, all of the different aspects of our Christian life, all of the things that we need, all of the help that we need, it's found in Jesus Christ. You can't do it alone. You need Christ. Are you a citizen of heaven? Or have you been trying to do this alone? Father, thank you for the promises that we've been told over the last weeks together. Thank you for Paul's reminder to us that we don't belong here. Our citizenship is with Christ in heaven. And thank you that as citizens of heaven, we have all that we need to live in this world, this crooked, sin-cursed world. And we can live in such a way that people will see Jesus Christ in us. Help us to be your generous people with the heart of Jesus Christ, led by your Spirit, pointing people toward the glory that's found in knowing you. God, give us the courage, the strength, and the grace to live as citizens of heaven this week. Help us as a church to be an example of your greatness to this community. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Have a great week.